And welcome back to Get Your Popcorn Ready Podcast. I'm, I'm your, your host, host I'm your host. I'm your host, Hatch. I'm your host, Hatch. <laughs> With the other host. Yeah. Yeah, it don't matter. We still hostesses. He's a hostess with the most. Yeah. Right? And, but today, we have the dinosaur. That's what I'm going to call him. The God, dinosaur. Dang, Andrew doing? Whitworth is in Dude. the building from the LA Rams, ladies and gentlemen. Man, he too My big. man, what's, what's up with on? you, brother? You too big for him to be calling you a dinosaur. The dinosaur, dinosaur, man. This is the dinosaur. Man. He almost extinct, 40 right? years old. What? Yeah. He almost 40. I'm still here. I'll just say the last of Mohicans. You know there we something go. Something more. That's better than a dinosaur. I got you. I got you. like the dinosaur. Still going. Right, yeah, it's like yeah. he's still. That's, that's respectable. You trying to put the man in the grave? No, 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 he, no, no, no. Dinosaur? No, no but he's like, he's the guy that's though. Like old age when you it's just a negative connotation. Are you are that. you the oldest offensive lineman in the I NFL am. right now? Of course. Yeah. Take that with. I do honor. take some pride in that. Yeah, I Absolutely. take some pride in that for sure. Thirty nine, going on forty. But you were considering retiring like a year ago, am I not? You know, I, I, you know, I think sometimes, T, that's a, that's a good, uh, it's a good thing to talk about every year. It kind of gives myself a little something to battle against as I tell people, oh, this is it. And then mm -hmm. I come out and still do my thing. And they're like, dang, you can't retire? And I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to retire. So what's going nice. to, what's going to make you flip that switch? I'm like, okay, I'm done. I mean, the reality is, is when I think that my skills aren't what they should be. And mm -hmm. I think I'm the only one that knows that and can set that. I know the, I know the standard that I want to play at every week. Right. And when that time comes, I'll say, all right, I'm done. But I believe I can still do it. And, so uh, I'm going to call you the, the GOAT. Best. I'm going to call you the, the GOAT. GOAT. You're like the, the, okay. the Tom Brady of offensive linemen. That's it. There's no Ooh, doubt about it. Ooh, that's, nice, that's a nice way to We're put moving that. Moving up the list. I mean, uh, we, played, I like we played together. What was that? Back in Cincinnati, 20, right? Back in, was it 2010? 2010. 2010. Yeah. 2010. Okay. It didn't. I mean, on paper, we looked like we were going to be Batman doing and Robin. <laughs> Actually, yeah, we were. On my, uh, my, my parking space, mm -hmm. I, I was Batman. I came in and took over the original Batman, and I just named uh, Chad Robin. Robin, he's got to be the Robin. He's your sidekick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it was a dynamic duo. Right. We had fun um, in the locker room. But again, it wasn't as successful of a season that, yeah. as we would like. And honestly, like I said, I, I didn't foresee you leaving you know, the Cincinnati Bengals, because you were doing some great things there. Uh, now being here in Los Angeles, can you give us like some more about what's the difference in, you know, what you experienced there in Cincinnati and what you're experiencing here in Los Angeles with the Rams? I think obviously the organizations are completely different. <clears throat> um, I think there was things in Cincinnati I appreciated from the, mm -hmm. the small town. I always tell people it's almost like a college atmosphere in the sense of it's a smaller city, it's really tight. I mean, you're not traveling far to play in the games or to practice or do any of that. But here in L.A., it's it's L.A. I mean, it's right. it's mm -hmm. uh, there's something to do everywhere. Um, you know, I mean, the, you really let your hair down when you come down hey, to L.A. I, yeah, yeah. You, know, <laughs> you let it all down. Hey, that's it. Let it out. You know, I, I just let my gray show and live it up. Right. You know what I mean? But no, I mean it's L.A. The weather, the everything, everything's mm -hmm. amazing. Um, you know, and and I've had a great time, and the, and the organization has been insane. I think Sean McVay and and really just the culture that they have is so special. So it's it's made it fun to, to hit it at the right time. And also the league's changed. Like mm -hmm. the league continues to change as I've played in it. I've always told people I kind of hit the sweet spot. Like mm -hmm. I was at the very end of what I'd call like the old school two-a-days and trying to beat guys mm -hmm. up era. Mm -hmm. And then it's just done nothing but head the other direction since I've been playing in the game. And so that's what's made it so sweet. So you've nice. preserved your body, you know, like I said, you haven't, like I said, the, I was part of that old, and he was too, just that beat up two-a-days, wear and tear on your body. Um, now, like I said, you're here in Los Angeles. I mean, 
the, the weather is warmer, it's easier on your joints. Mm -hmm. um, I want to go back to two years, it was two years ago, you guys went to the Super Bowl, uh, very controversial play, um, and, and now you, you have a quarterback in, in Matthew Stafford, uh, obviously vastly different than uh, a, a Jared Goff. Um, what was that experience like being in the Super Bowl because uh, I know we, we never even sniffed it when we was in Cincinnati. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but what was that experience like? And, and did that invigorate your, your juices of flowing to really continue, uh, continue to play? Yeah, I think really the, uh, the, the mix of really the autonomy and just power and, and ability to lead that Sean has given me since I've been with the Rams. And really, I always tell people this, our culture is that the coaches and players are really just on one level. Like, we're all in this mm. thing together. Mm. And that's what makes it so unique with, with the Rams. And so going to that Super Bowl was insane. It's like I was, you know, right. in Cincinnati, I made a lot of playoff appearances, won a lot of division <laughs> championships, and never won a playoff game. Right. And wow. so coming to L.A., winning playoff games, going to the Super Bowl, right. uh, it was like one of those things where you're like, man, I've worked my butt off for this mm. moment for right, forever. Right. Mm -hmm. So cool to be here. Obviously, it doesn't end the way you want it to, but uh, the reality is there's only one team in the NFL every year that ever has the, a yeah. season where they're actually proud of how it ends. Right. And uh, it, it is what it is. But it, to me, I would never trade the experience or the opportunity. Mm -hmm. And then now being here with, with Matthew and having another team that we have the opportunity to do that. Mm -hmm. Obviously, a lot of work ahead of us. Right. Um, it's been really special. I mean, staff's mm -hmm. one of those guys. I look at him a lot like a Carson Palmer that we had in 2010. Mm. He's a veteran guy mm. who's been around, kind of mm. same demeanor, real calm, right. casual, cool, collected dude who right, right. can sling it. And uh, kind of just for him, he's kind of one of those guys that, that that demeanor he has is what also separates us a little mm -hmm. bit. That right. He's a vet who's seen it and uh, is not scared at any moment and really just wants to go out and throw the ball around and have some success. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I feel where you're coming from, obviously, you know, going to the Super Bowl, not actually, you know, winning it. That's it, it's it's a bitter, bittersweet yeah. type of moment. Hmm. You don't really know anything about that, <clears throat> but uh, you don't, know, don't laugh to, at that wit. Don't to, even to, laugh. Don't to, laugh. To, to at go that to clown. the Super Bowl, I mean, yeah. Well, this yeah. is just a conversation for the guys. Who play <laughs> yeah, just, this, this is us. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? We we we, 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 we know a little that. bit about that. You know what I mean? I mean, did you go to the Super Bowl? No, oh, no. we played in we played in two <laughs> NFC Championship games. Right, lost both of those, but we yeah, never went to the oh, bowl. Oh, shucks, but, bomber. So we we all ain't got a ring. All okay. of us, all of us. But Thank we you. have it. We, we're talking experience here. Right. Yeah, experience. I ain't got it. So uh, back to what I was saying. Yeah. So obviously the the two dynamics uh, that you said with your quarterbacks, you, you played with Jared Goff. Uh, now you with Matthew Stafford. Um, what do you think it was with with Goff as to why he couldn't, I guess, get over the, the trajectory uh, in which they drafted him. And because obviously, I'd say we, there's a, obviously a, 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 a huge Expectation, difference yeah. um, with Matthew Stafford and the performance that he's had thus far. And we've all known, I think a lot of people have known, um, that he's been a great, probably top 10 to 15 type of quarterback at some point, probably top five, but he was with the Detroit Lions. He wasn't winning, um, didn't get to the playoffs. And then when he get, did he get to the playoffs? If not, he didn't really go oh, no. any further. But now he's on the stage with a great team and you can see the talent that he has. You put some talent around him, you sh we're seeing exactly what he's capable uh, of doing. So what's the difference between, like I said, a Jared Goff and a Matthew Stafford in the offense that you guys have running? Well, I think you really look at it. Um, right now, we're kind of in an era in the league where these young quarterbacks, you know, when I got in it, it's like you didn't play till your third, fourth, fifth right. year. It's like how long can we keep the guy off the field? Right, now it's right. like the opposite. It's how fast Passion can they get him on the field? Right, right. Yeah. And then it's like they want him to play – 
like a 10-year vet and yep. their third or fourth year in the league. And it's like, I think for Jared, it's one of those things that's really, you look at the, the aggressiveness our organization has had with trying to win and win now. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of been the motto of everything they've done. And you really look at the stage Jared was in, being in his fifth, sixth year, there's still a lot of things for him to learn. There's still a lot of experiences to have. And really the era that's the, that what I say is what really separates Stafford as well, just in a general way, he's he's been around. He's played 12, 13 years. He's seen it all. There's, yeah. You're not surprising him with things. Right. You know, he just needs to, okay, this is the kind of team we're playing or this is the coverages and how they're going to do things. So I think it's really you took, hey, a guy who, who knows what Jared Gross' future is going to be five, six, right. seven years from now. Right. And you said, hey, we can go get the guy who's already been through it all, has a ton of talent and proven that if you give him just a little bit more, what could he do? And I think that's really what it ended up being a decision about. And that's really two differences is that Jared's a great kid. He was a, you know, he's a guy that guys loved in the locker room. Nobody really had a problem with him ever. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, and, and uh, was working his butt off. But it, the reality is, is that Matthew was a guy who's mm -hmm. done it, proved it, been in some of those moments, been a very successful quarterback and really was prime, a prime age. And really what we see is that you either are winning right now in the league mm -hmm. with a really young quarterback and a super talented roster, yep. or you've got a vet quarterback <laughs> who's been around, seen it all, yep. and they're leading the ship. And I think that's what they chose is to go yep. with Stafford and a guy who's leading the ship. Mm -hmm. Yep. So you have four Pro Bowls, right? Two times all pro. Now you're in a locker room. How do you go ahead and kind of let the young guys know like this is our time fellas you know like how do you get that message across to all the young guys like every single day about this this specific year i think what makes it easy for us right now in this current time with us <laughs> is that with a guy like aaron donald and a guy like jalen ramsey um some of the vets that we have a leonard floyd it's it's guys who literally they don't say anything mm. they just practice and they just mm. work and they just train and they're 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 ready to be at their elite selves every day and nobody has to tell them so they're what to do by example. yeah and so guys get to see that and mm -hmm. when you get to walk in a locker room and you get to see guys like that who it's like jalen is livid if like we're winning by 30 and coach takes him off out of the game it's right. like he, he's that, so yeah. mad and upset you know but it's like, oh, okay, well, just come off the field. But at the same time, you're like, man, that's what makes this guy special. Right, right. Like, he didn't want to miss one op to play this game. Right. Not, not, not. oh, man, I want people to see me. Like, right. I want to play this game. Yeah. You know what right. I mean? And so AD's wired the same way. I think when you got an organization, for me and those guys, it's like all we got to do is just be who we are. Mm -hmm. And we're put in a situation with Sean McVay. He's not this egotistical coach who says, you know, it's all my thing. He, mm -hmm. He's the guy promoting us. Like, hey, guys, you just do what these guys do. Do it how they do it. Mm -hmm. And we're going to have success. Yep. And so it puts you in a spot where it's like, I don't have to say a lot. They right. get to see it every day. And it's pointed out to them every day that, you know what, some of the best in the game. Right. They don't talk a whole bunch. Right. They just do it. They work out. Right. They outwork people and they outplay people. There it so is. So you, you guys just recently acquired Von Miller from the Denver Broncos. I obviously didn't play um, in this first game. What do you think he's going to bring? And I'm sure you've practiced a little bit against him. What do you see that he's going to bring to the table? Obviously, uh, his, 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 his body of work kind of speaks for itself. Um, like I said, I don't really know why the Broncos let him go, but obviously he's a talent. Uh, what do you think he's going to bring to, to the roster? I think another guy who's that same mold, who just, mm. uh, you know what, their actions uh, speak for them and, and the way he plays and the production he's had. Um, and since him really just being with us, even just for a week, you can feel that with him. I mean, he's already kind of a guy that you can see he's like reaching out to goes, Hey man, let me get your number. Let me, let me, you know, like the young guys, like he's already kind of talking to them in their ear. Mm. Just another guy that those guys can look up to a role model to say, Hey man, if I want to have a successful career, you know what, I can make a whole lot of excuses or I can just look at, you know, five, six guys in here mm -hmm. that have had really long careers and a lot of success. 
how they go about it every single day. And am mm. I doing that or not? And I does think Bond's this, one of those does guys. Does this, by him, by this addition, does this increase the Rams' chances of winning the Super Bowl? Does this move the lines in Vegas? Uh, I, I mean, in my opinion, yes. Having <laughs> played Von Miller in my career, right, yeah, right. there's no question about it. He does, and, right, and okay. uh, he makes us a better team. And, and um, I think it's one of those things where you say it's not like you couldn't have won it without him. But mm-hmm. man, he sure makes the, the the you know the pendulum swing in your direction a little mm-hmm. bit more and gives you one more chance. Because the reality of this league is, games come down to a score here, a score there. Yeah. There's always one team that's got the football two minutes, three minutes, four minutes left in the game, yep. and they're trying to make a decision. Well, we just improved our percentages when that team has the ball, getting, and they're, yeah. the only thing they got to do is try and score to win. Yeah. Uh, we got a guy who stops you from doing that, who just added to another great group who's already doing that. So Absolutely. I think Vaughn's going to fit in great. I mean, I know him well. He's a great dude and, and mm-hmm. obviously a great player. I yeah. mean, you're a great player. Andrew, you played for how many years now? 16. 16 years. Yeah, Wow. I'm gonna I'm say it here on this show. You, you're 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 making a case for Hall of Fame. You're you're making a, a name and a case for yourself for the Hall of Fame. Coming out and obviously, longevity plays a big part in it. Um, two two questions: Who was like a, a lineman, or who was your inspiration uh, to play the position that you played? And then the other thing to this is, who was like your the guy that you you feel like you were you had to bring your A game. I ain't gonna say you were scared of, right? But you you had respected to bring your, a whole lot. Yeah, respected <laughs> a whole lot. Right? Yeah, but you, you had to bring your you had to bring uh, your A game. You know, your I would A-game. say honestly, for me, I, I lucked out. I was actually had this conversation with our young lineman. And that's one of the fun things in my stage now is I get to share stories and tell guys about experiences and and all that and kind of teach them where I got to where I am and what I, how I know these things. When they're like, man, well, how do you know this? How do you have this feel for the game? When I got in the NFL, our right tackle was a guy named Willie Anderson. Willie Anderson. Big Willie. That's One of the greatest right tackles in, in the history of the game. Absolutely. And, in reality, if he played in any other franchise and team and had any amount of success, Absolutely. he'd be a surefire Hall of Famer. I mean, you go watch the tape, he shut down the best of the best. Yep. And I mean, this guy went a number of years with probably like about six years with no sacks. Yeah. I mean, no sacks. I mean, he's got tape against Willie, I mean, against Reggie. He's Reggie got tape White. against. Javon Curse, you name all them. Him. All of them. You all name the top guys got him. He's he's a tremendous player. And and so I got I had him as my right tackle and a guy named Levi Jones, who unfortunately had his career short with some injuries. But I mean a tremendous athlete. Levi was a crazy athletic mm-hmm. tackle, great pass protector. And then Willie was this big mauler guy in the run game, and then also mm-hmm. a tremendous pass protector himself. So I really got to learn from two guys who played the game and were really successful at it with two different sets of traits. Mm. And so I, I kind of got to understand some of the quick stuff, some of the stuff that Willie did with power. And so it helped me really kind of mold myself because as you say, like growing up, I never thought I was going to be a lineman. I, I was really? a tight end in high school. Tight end, okay. I was tall and athletic. I grew up hooping like I was a basketball player. I loved playing basketball. That was my favorite thing to do. Right. And um, I always thought that was going to be something I was going to do is, is either play basketball or be a tight end in college. And mm-hmm. at the time, like, I was committed to Florida, and I thought I was going to go play for Spurrier. Mm-hmm. And then this guy, Nick Saban, like, beats on my door my senior year in high school. and was like, wow. listen, what? I know you think you're a tight end. Right, right. But let me you're tell gonna you. You're going to be a left tackle. <laughs> yeah. And if you just trust me, you're going to be a left tackle. And so. All you I, basketball players, listen to that yeah, out there. Yeah, hey, big power forwards. <laughs> if you're only, like, 6'8". There it is. And you can't jump that good. Just <laughs> It's time to do it. But, yeah. uh, no, it's, so I did it. I, I moved to tackle, and, and the rest is history, really. But, 
Yeah, so for me, I always kind of just thought of myself as an athlete mm -hmm. and got into college and realized, all right, now I'm going to try to figure out how to be a left tackle. And mm -hmm. so, um, you know, to me, it's always been about that, like molding myself. I almost felt like I molded myself into left tackle. And people ask, well, how are you still playing 39, 16 years in, 230-plus games? Is that I feel like, you know, I've always had the ability to adapt mm -hmm. and, and to say, all right, I'll change my body into whatever it is I need to be to adapt to the setting of playing left tackle because mm -hmm. I felt like I was never a natural lineman. I wasn't a big, thick kid growing right, up. Right. I was tall and slender, so, so I've always like, so been adapting. saying it's like moving up in like weight class boxing. You know, yeah. I mean? so you're yeah. adjusting to I'm whatever. I'm just adapting. Like the games yeah. change. When I got right. in 2006 to 10, it was like you're under center almost all the time. You might throw it, you might run it, but you're right. under center most under of the game. Yep. You know, you're not in the gun. Now it's like you're spreading the field all over the place. You're running all kinds of different plays. Right. Guys aren't lining up right over you. Guys are all over the place yeah. coming from all, you know, you might have all DBs on the on the field at one yeah, time. Like yeah. It's just the formations and the things you see are so different. So right. you got to kind of be a little more, more of a guy that can move than, than you mm -hmm. could back then. Oh, yeah, so, you got to so have some quick feet. And, and, and that's changed. And, right. yeah. and for a white guy, I mean, you got to be, I mean, you, they're not really known for being, you know. Athletic? You know, yeah, That's, what you, really go, that's what you go tell them? But you I got them skinny athletic ankles, man. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I got them. So that's where that basketball comes in. That's it. Footwork. The and dancing the bear. Things. And uh, I follow I follow Willie Anderson, uh, who played he's at right tackle uh, for the Cincinnati Bengals, lives in Atlanta. I'm good friends with him. Um, if you guys go follow Big Willie on Instagram, it's doing Big his Willie yeah. seven one seven nine. As this guy just said, he can vouch for him. This guy should be in the Hall of Fame. Hall of Fame, do the right thing. Put this guy into Hall of Fame. Check check his resume. His work speaks for itself. And this guy right here, he played with him. Seen his work, I think, again, he has tape against some of the greatest to ever play this game. Yep. Reggie White, Strahan, uh, Ocean Humanure, all these guys, yep. and he's held his own. And he's, it's, it's, it's so unfortunate that He'll the be in Hall there. of Fame He'll be in is there. the way it is that this guy isn't in. I mean, not even up for nomination, which is sad. So get him in that Hall of Fame. He'll please, be in there. Please. He'll be in there. Got yeah. to. So, um, so going back to when you were in college, right, it's probably first time you had to kind of change your position, right? Yep. You're probably, you didn't, you weren't that successful at LSU, the very beginning. I can't believe. Right, you were best your SEC door. football, yeah. right? So what are some of those things you're, that was going through your mind when you weren't having success at LSU? Because somebody had to come in and like, Saying, oh, now can I even do this? Can I play this position? What was going yeah, through your mind Yeah, I think for me point? it was like, um, you know, in high school, it's like my senior year, it's like you start to transition to like, all right, I'm going to be a lineman now. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I played in, 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 a, in a triple option offense. So it wasn't like I was like running around, running a bunch of routes in high school yeah. anyway. So, I mean, it was more tight end, play action type stuff anyway. Mm -hmm. So I, I was basically a lineman. I knew how to run block. I knew how to finish people. So it's like learning how to pass block, learning how to take sets. And it's just a process. And I think for me, like, you know, uh, a lot of people that know me know I'm a golfer. Like, I love okay. love playing golf, avid yeah. golfer. I'm on the golf course all the time. And to me, golf relates a lot to playing offensive line in this, in this sense. Like, mm. when I play in a game, I'm going to play anywhere from 60 to 80 snaps, just depending mm -hmm. on the games. You know, obviously there's outliers. But as an offensive lineman, your goal in those 60 to 80 snaps is to be as good as possible during those six, like my technique, my body control, mm, the ability to adapt and be so efficient in that 60 to 80 snaps. And on a golf course, 
you're going to play a round of golf and you might shoot 100, you might mm -hmm. shoot 80, right. and you might shoot 70, you might shoot 90, but it's all going to be dictated off how many times you can control your mm -hmm. technique, how efficient you can be with a golf club in mm -hmm. the sense of all the different shots, all the things you got to be able to do and hit them in that exact moment. Mm. And to me, so I, I learned to control my body in college. Like, it's like, man, I'm going to do this so many times that I've got a feel for how I play. I got a feel for every moment. And so wow. to your question earlier, it's the same thing. Like, how would I know when I'm done? I'll know when I'm done when I no longer can like, all right, man, I, I know the exact feeling I need when I, when I set this rusher. Mm -hmm. Or, man, I, I don't ever have to watch the tape. I know exactly what was wrong or where my hand was, where my foot slid to. Like, I don't have to see tape to tell me that. I know exactly how this play should have felt and why it didn't feel that way. And I can mm -hmm. fix it on the move. Mm -hmm. Really good football players don't need to come in on Monday for you to tell me what I did wrong. Right. I know what I did as in, soon as in the 10 it. seconds that it happened. Yep. And I can fix it throughout the game and make sure it never happens again. Mm. Or I can even be better throughout the game as the game goes on and I'll study and learn and feel a guy out. I can consistently improve. And when I can't do that, that's when the game's gone. Mm. Oh. So let me, So he's talking about, like we said, when the game's gone. So a lot of older players, right, they always want, a team always wants to bring them on the roster to kind of be that coach and yeah. player. player. Will coach. you be that sixth, seventh swing man on an offensive line, or do you have to be a starter in order no, to continue I'm, your career? I'm, I'm, I'm LT1, and that's there it. it is. Man. Okay. So yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, if I'm not doing that, then, then, then I'm you doing feel like another you're, role. You're... I, yeah, because to me, it's like, um, if I'm not trying to be the best at something, then, then Don't you know what, I want something else to do. So mm -hmm. I'm gonna go find the next thing that I'm gonna be the best what at. What is the next thing? For Andrew Whitworth. What's the next Dang. thing? Well, looking at you, know? you, I mean, we're in Hollywood. There's commercials. You got the Mr. Clean look. Oh, yeah. You can <laughs> fill in for Mr. Clean. Mr. Clean, Mr. Clean. Fill in for Mr. Clean. But, yeah, I mean, that's the other part of living in L.A. There's so many options, man. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of things to do. I just know it's it's one of those things that uh, when I'm done and I do finally decide I'm going to hang it up, mm -hmm. uh, I'm going to sit back for a moment and just kind of fill out what it is I want to go, what I really want to go do. Right, right. You know, right. Not, not just jump at things. I want, right. I want to find something that I, I want to be a part of and right. I want to be good at and successful at. And, so what uh, are your I'll other passions? Out. Like, do you play the piano at home? No, being, no, no. You know, it's just uh, golf? Or, you it's know, kids, what it's, right. kids, golf, kids. and, right. and uh, honestly, like, you know, I just... I love people, man. I love making a difference. I love being awesome. in people's lives and helping people along on their journeys. Right. And, do you have, uh, you have a foundation that you do a lot yeah, of stuff? Yeah, I mean, right? obviously we do what's, a ton of stuff in what's LA. What's the name of the foundation? Uh, Big Wit, 77 Foundation. But, okay. you know, besides just that, I mean, it's like raising money for those things through my foundation, but then also making impacts in the community here in LA mm -hmm. and, and trying to be a part of uh, bridging gaps that need to be bridged for a long time. And, awesome. and so to me, Really, it's uh, it's like, hey, if I'm not trying to do something and, and make something to myself, then I want to make sure I'm in somebody else's ear, trying to help them figure out the way that they can make something themselves, or just believing in themselves that they can achieve whatever it is they want. And mm. So, that's that's something to me that uh, is ultimately the most important thing. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know what? There's a lot of accolades in life, but one accolade mm. I want is that people always say, "Man, that dude." He was always there for me if I needed him. And he wow. was always there to encourage me. And he always wow. believed in me. So speaking of in the ear, uh, is your wife trying to get you off the field, into the house more? You have mm -hmm. uh, twins, Sarah and uh, yeah, Drew. Drew. Yeah. And then you have four kids. Yeah. And then uh, uh, Michael and Catherine, right? Yeah. So are they are they tugging on you to you know <laughs> spend more you know, daddy time? The, you know what? I would say the kids and the wife are on the same page. Yeah. When we moved out to LA, it was like, all right, one more year. Right. Once right. they lived in LA, they're like, man, let's keep doing this. Yeah, as long as right? you can. So it's like, <laughs> hey, Dad, like, you gotta keep playing. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, like, like, like this. Oh, yeah, they in it. They love it. Yeah. I so 
But they, they love football. They love coming to the games, love being part of things. You know, through COVID, really, some unique opportunities came where I actually, you know, kind of changed my gym, my, uh, gym to being at my house. So right, right. I've had, like, the linemen training with me over the last couple of years, and we'll have nice. 10, 12, 15 guys at the house. That's a big gym. Training in the gym. So the kids come sit and watch, and it's been a great experience because right, my right. boys especially – Mm-hmm. Um, who think they want to be athletes? It's mm-hmm. like, man, you get to watch, like, what you actually see get to what see it. it. Like, I'll tell you, feel it, touch it. You yeah. watching guys work, you know, and Cooper Cup sometimes at the house work, working out, and right. you know, and different guys from other sports have kind of come over and stuff, just that I've formed relationships with through my trainer. And um, so they get to see all these guys and realize, like, oh, okay, they ain't just like what I see on TV or in a video game. Right, it's right. like, this is how this guy actually gets there. Right. They and get so, to see the behind the scenes, like, what's really the work, the hard yeah. work that's put in to mm-hmm. see. On Sundays, you know the the really the, don't just the, show up on right, Sunday. Yeah, yeah, the the fruits of the labor, uh, so to speak. So kudos to to you, Melissa, to all yeah. the kids mm-hmm. out there. Sarah, Drew, Michael, and Karen, uh, Catherine, <laughs> stay on him. That's That's it. It. He ain't coming home. They won't be no out time there. soon. Yeah. <laughs> so again, they like said your foundation, you like to give back, and us and all those things you were saying. Who kind of was that person in your life to kind of you know give you that blueprint? Um. I think I've just always been kind of aware. I mean, I think it's one of those things. I had a grandmother who was really uh, involved in just, I would say it's not like she was doing foundational things, but she was somebody that's like, hey, every kid or every you know person in the neighborhood want to come by and see her. And mm-hmm. she's always like, hey, there's 20 kids in the house. She's cooking for them or she's mm-hmm. entertaining people and wanting everybody there in and just kind of welcoming people in. And I'll never forget when I was a young kid, Couple times she would like let me. She'd be like, "Hey, I'm, you know, we're gonna super want to go shopping, but I'm gonna leave you there for a little while. I want you to bag people's groceries, nice. and I want you to like get to know people." And so nice. I would sit and like bag groceries and say, "Hey, just to people, talk to them, and yeah. just talk to them about their day wow. and realize, like, at a young age, like some people are having good days and bad days, and you know, wow. and, and just hearing their stories. And so that's really something that's always been important to me because I just realized there's just moments you, you just never know. And the, and yep. you know, I actually had a, a really cool occurrence two weeks ago. Uh, one of the coolest moments ever. We played the Detroit Lions at home, and throughout the game, you know how it is, TV timeout, like you're sitting out there, and you can kind of, like, you know, you're looking at each other. And I can tell this young kid for the Lions, this kid, Derek Barnes, is, like, looking at me, Mm -hmm. and I'm like, man, uh, you know, it's like, I I don't know if I know him, but I'm like, is he from LSU? Is he from Louisiana? What's the deal? And I just tell, like, that on his face, it's like he wants to talk, but Mm -hmm. he's a young rook, and I'm sure he's like, I'm not going to do that during the game. So the game ends, and I, like, I'm running on the sideline to see Jerry Goff, and, you know, say what's up to him, and hadn't really seen him since he left, and so I see, I see him, I see a 55 running towards him. I'm like, oh, okay, Barnes running. And I'm like, all right, man, dang, I, I wish I could remember how I know him. Right, Because right. obviously he knows who I am. So he walks up. He goes, Andrew, hey, man, you're not going to know who I am. So just don't worry about it. Right. Okay. And I'm like, all right. Okay. He <laughs> Got goes, that out the way. <laughs> yeah. He goes, I wanted to tell you, I've always looked up to you. I've always, like, had this admiration for you because you don't realize this. But when I was 8, 9, and 10 years old, I went to the Boys and Girls Club in mm. Covington, Kentucky. Come on. When you were the Cincinnati Bengals, and you used to bring me like Bengals stuff, and you'd spend time awesome. with me, and you loved on me. He's like, I just want to show you, I'm here. Like I made it. That's oh, awesome. Wow, that's crazy. And I was literally sitting there like, that's Whoa. awesome. Like I didn't have a reply. I just like gave dude a hug. Like yeah. dude, that is awesome. Yeah. And I was like, man, you know what? It's just mm. one of those moments where you're like, man, look, you just never know. Like yeah. you never know now, who pe- you love on and give a little love to. Now people don't understand, but tell me if this is true or not, right? 
Is that a better feeling than a win? Any win? Not I'm talking, not a Super Bowl win, not no big right, playoff, yeah. but just a regular game. Because people think, well, you guys win games, you that makes you guys' life. Like, not really. Well, like those type of moments are, price, I'm th- are priceless moments. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's no different than all the effort and energy you put into being a successful athlete. Like, yeah, it's a team game. Yeah, you want to win. You want to do all those things. But you also you want to be great at your craft. Yeah. And the effort you put into that, when you have those moments where you play at the level that you expect to, to play at and what you thought and dreamed about while you were training. Right. Those are great moments. And then to me, that's no different. If I put some energy into a person or into mm. like, hey man, you know what, spending some time with someone, you realize, oh man, like, wow, what, like to see how that's paid off for this person, even though, even though I might not even thought about it at the moment, right. it's like, wow, that, that's an amazing feeling. So yeah, to me, it is. It's, it's greater it's than crazy. even just a, a regular Sunday victory is right. to realize, you know what, like, regardless if the impact I actually had or not had that much of an impact on whether they're there, mm-hmm. the fact that they feel that way and that was an inspiration yes. and a positivity thought in their mind, like, hey, this yes. is part of why I'm going to get to where I'm going, that's awesome. I mean, it's and it's a win that uh, nobody can take away from you. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And it seems like your grandmother obviously instilled a lot in you of giving back. Um, you mentioned something about, you know, bagging groceries and things of that nature. That's is awesome. that what prompted you? You recently, in uh, during the pandemic, March of 2020, you donated $250,000 to the food bank uh, here in the uh, Los Angeles area. Yeah. Is that what prompted you to, to, to really, I guess, put your efforts to something, in uh, an organization in need? Yeah, I, th- I think so. And to also just never be somebody that says I'm about something and I'm not. So mm-hmm. if I say I care about people or if I say I care about the community or I want you know fans to come to games, I want people to support us, then I need to show that I'm supporting them. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it was like the pandemic hit. There's things going on and and uh, all over the place. And, and one thing you can understand is that the hardest, the people that's going to be the hardest on are those that are less fortunate or those mm-hmm. that don't have the same opportunities as you. And so it was important to me to be involved in that. In that, and then obviously, you know, we had some really cool opportunities last football season with just everything kind of uh, going on throughout the country with mm-hmm. injustices and everything else. That we yep. started our own social injustice fund as a, as a player group, oh, and we wow. raised a bunch of money last year. Wow! And wow. we're able to give out 25 different donations throughout LA to all different charities and groups, and we got mm-hmm. to interview them and be involved and all that. And uh, to me, like just doing those kind of things uh, remind me of what makes life so special. And that is like when you get the opportunity to see people, regardless of what they look like, where they come from, any of that, love on each other, just be there for one another mm-hmm. and just put everything aside and say, like, what's the ultimate goal? And that is for all of us to, to reach our dreams, our goals, our aspirations, to have some level of success, whatever mm-hmm. we want to define that as. And to do it together. And, mm-hmm. and there's no greater feeling. And that's what sports teach you. Yeah. You know, you work your butt off every Sunday and you get that win. You look around that locker room after and you're like, man, the con- contribution this person made and that person yep. made. That's what makes the feeling so sweet. Yeah. yeah. And, and so to me, community is no different. I mean, when, when you realize the contributions that each person made and at the end of the day, there's a level of success that was reached, yeah. uh, that feeling is really special. And, and I've always been addicted to that feeling. Yep, that's how I felt, right? Me clearing out for Randy and Chris. It's like yeah. I was the clear out guy, but my job was just as important as their catch that's in right. the end zone. You see what I'm saying? See, he's selfish. He just wanted to catch. He wasn't so going like to be the clear were, out guy. You were the guy they could cover. So there you go. Cover you. Take the so- safety yeah, off okay. top so can Randy come underneath and make that catch. And I do my job. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So, yeah, thank you for that, brother. Why you? That's just that hater. That's that hater face. Don't even worry about that, Wit. Don't even worry about that. So again, let's get back everybody's to Everybody's got a role, you know what I'm saying? Everybody know they role, right? right? And I know my role. So let, let's go back to what, 2000, when did you go to Cincinnati? 2008, 10, 10 that was your first year? So right, you're still younger, right? Yeah. You see this 
probably bigger than life image at the time when T.O. got there. What was your first uh, reaction when you seen T.O. come in the locker room? Um, I think really, you know, oh, obviously first you're like a huge fan and then they're there and you get to see them in person and mm -hmm. how they do things. And I think it's it's no different than what other people have said. I mean, watching the work ethic, the the really the time and the energy he puts into like taking care of his body. And, mm -hmm. and honestly, look, like for me, I think at my point in my career, I'm year five, year six, right. which I would argue Still most early. guys, like when you're in that point, like you kind of starting to have injury stuff that's like kind of been going on throughout your career and you're learning how to deal with it. Like oh, I've had this, a little nag stuff. And so mm -hmm. you, you look at this veteran guy who's obviously in the shape he was in and taking care of himself and you're like, all right, well like how, what am I doing to like mm. make sure I'm finding that air, finding that version of myself. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, watching him do his thing and the way he trained and the way he worked out. And I can remember I mean, coming from living in Ohio and mm -hmm. being a part of Cincinnati, I was this organization's not one that's like spending money on advanced technology. I'll yeah, put it that yeah, way. Yeah. You know, it's like I remember it's like unheard of that like he like had his own workout type stuff yeah. or like the, the, you know did his own deal. It's like yeah, what's the chamber you the, the hyperbaric chamber? The hyperbaric yeah, like chamber. He was one of the first like, athletes, and now that's a huge I mean, thing out there. The reality is, it's like yeah, it's like you know at that time I feel like guys who were like that, there was almost like oh man, that dude's selfish. Like he has his own way of taking care of his body. Right. It's like. And now and it's now, like, now they're like, oh, you're not trying because you're not trying to take care of your body. <laughs> right, like, right, right. Oh, everything like, that I did, for, even from the touchdown funny. celebrations, every, I, it was frowned upon. It was yes. heavily criticized. Now look at it. It's yeah. being embraced. Well, you got in the end now zone, Now it's like right? we get guys right now, and it's literally like, oh, this dude doesn't do stuff outside the building. Like, he's, he's yeah, not You're not trying. It. Yeah, he's not you're not, you're not like, dedicated to the, for to the sport. 10 years ago, right. if people did stuff outside the outside building, the, like, you're selfish, and you're not yes. like putting the team first because right. yeah. right. you're working out when we don't tell you to work out or right. you're doing whatever it is. Like, you're putting this in your body just because you think it's good for you. Right. It's like, you know, and so it's uh, it's wild how much it's changed. But mm -hmm. he, I mean, honestly, he was one of those guys that that really was just ahead of his time, like yeah. the way he took care of himself, the way he did those things. Yeah. And I tried, I tried to bring Chad, you know, I tried to bring him on my, bring him on my side. Chad just wanted McDonald's him. and that's it. Yeah, he you just know what McDonald's yeah. and Starbucks, and an occasional it's horrible cigar, diet, Chad. And an it's a horrible cigar. diet, young fella. You know, he he always has yeah. this Ocho versus Science. Yeah. Trust me, no, science. Not, Trust no. science. I'm science. <laughs> it should be Ocho versus T.O. And I, in, in parentheses, in science. Yeah. You're science. Yeah, I'm <laughs> science. But yeah, this dude, like, but when I tell you, like, work ethic wise, oh. I mean, that's probably why he could eat all that stuff because Weren't trust me, a lot of people don't know this about Chad. Chad will work. Oh, yeah. When you talk, when you, you mentioned Jalen Ramsey getting mad because, you know, up 30, getting taken off the field. That's how Chad was at practice. Yeah. I tell people all the time when I'm I was first you. there, first first experience I had with Chad is that we were like ending an OTA practice. And it was one of those days where you just kind of focused on some short yardage things or mm -hmm. red zone things. And we didn't do a whole lot of throwing the football. Right. And this dude is literally just like livid. At the end, mm -hmm. I'm like, man, it's May. Right, and right, he is right. like upset <laughs> to the point where he's like almost in it. tears. No, 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 yeah. for real. And I'm like, what, what's wrong? And he's just like, I didn't get any work today. Like, that was not enough work. Right, right. And I was like, wow. Like, just seeing this guy that I'm already looking at before mm -hmm. I even got there is having all the success and mm. such a great player. And like, his mentality is in May at a random hour and a half OTA. Mm. He's like visibly upset because there wasn't enough work put in, and it mm. wasn't it wasn't an act, right? Just it was, he liked to work. No, I want the work. This dude literally yeah. is like, it was almost like he missed his childhood. Yeah, <laughs> it, it was yeah. like he missed his childhood, and now he's playing football, and this is the best thing. This that is ever this happened. is my childhood. Like yeah. this is the best thing that ever happened. Dude, it was unbelievable. Like I was like, dude, That's hilarious. I'm, 
Relax. Yeah, yeah. Like you said, it's yeah. in May. We're in we're in May. May. Yeah. Or like I said, we could be during defensive, uh, be, be yeah. a defensive period. Period, right. He, he still wants go, to be yeah, doing something. He get has some work. to be moving. I'm like, bro, sit your ass down somewhere. <laughs> Chill out. Relax. <laughs> but trust me, but that's that. But that's the but that way That's what makes he, great he ones was. great ones. Yeah. I mean, he's Absolutely. another guy, too. Obviously, should be in consideration for the Hall of Fame at some point. There's a number of guys like Chad, you know, from your Andre Risings yeah. and guys that well, have played. Well, speaking of, of Hall of Famers and non-Hall of Famers or some, somebody <laughs> that might be a Hall of Famer one day, you have a professional opinion on guys you went up against, right? So I want to go over a list with you, okay? Right, and you have to—you can only say two words: it's underrated or overrated. All right, right? That's oh, it, man. right? So we'll give them—we'll give them the list, right? Oh boy! Oh, boy. So we're gonna start with some uh, some some players from back in the day. Jared Allen, underrated or overrated? Who? I would have to say underrated. That underrated. guy is pretty special. Here he had do. some pretty special moments and dictated a lot of uh, how good his defenses were. There's no doubt about it. Okay, uh, Dwight Freeney. Well, I'll never say that guy's overrated. Because <laughs> uh, some, some people like, well, he was like, small. Well, here's the reality. Dwight people. was one of the first guys, like, in my opinion, in the era of when you started, like, trying to chip, help. Mm. Like, dude, you go watch his games, there's two or three people blocking him on every pass play. I mean, no mm. one almost hardly ever left mm. him one-on-one except for certain situations in games. Mm. And and so I, I think that he's one of those guys that kind of in that era of like used to you just went out there and played and mm. really good players get their get their sacks right. or whatever. And then there entered an era where it was like, all right, we might have to eliminate one rusher. Yes. And and I think he was kind of right in that mold of like that's when they started doing it. They started literally chipping, doubling him. You know, mm. I mean, you had certain protections where the backs just stayed in and helped with him, and that was mm-hmm. it. They weren't mm-hmm. even picking up blitzers and stuff. So wow. uh, he was a guy who was a really special rusher. Uh, and obviously in a great situation, he's, he's for him as a pass rusher, you're playing with Peyton Manning, you're playing yeah, with an offense yeah. that's putting up points. Yeah, yeah. You're going to get a lot of ops to rush. But yeah. he was a really special one. There's no doubt. What's your it. feeling? you like, uh, Coach Tate, Whit, you got to, hey, these couple of plays, you got to get one We ain't giving you no help. No check. <clears throat> well, no. I mean, I think it's one of those things that uh, <laughs> it, it, in the moment, you're like, yeah, yeah, you want that. But he's definitely one of the toughest guys that you'd ever have that it's like, all right, there's going to be some moments in this game where I call them those guys where they're going to edge you or they're going to beat you a little bit, and mm-hmm. you've got to have an answer for how many times can I consistently keep him away from the quarterback long enough for us to get the ball out. Mm-hmm. But eventually he's going to get closer. Hey, he's gonna you, have better that hunker yeah, you better <laughs> he hunker coming. down. You better hunker down. Hey, Whit, you better hunker yeah. down. <laughs> better lock it down. Lock yes, it down. Yeah. All right, uh, John Abraham. John Abraham. Jets from the Falcons. You know what? I, I know it's a consistent theme, but underrated as well. I thought mm-hmm. I thought John was one of those guys. Had he stayed healthy and been in some right situations, yep. uh, unbelievable player. I mean, Talent. I thought he was a really, really yeah. good rusher. You're very nice. You're very really um, nice, Witt. You're but, very nice. But hey, the reality is those three guys, that's my opinion. They, uh, yeah. They're yeah, guys that, I I, you know, Dwight, I think, is one of those guys that, I call him underrated just because I think of how much people helped on him. I think a little different than oh, John. Of course. A little different than, than John and Jared. I, I would say this. Best way I'll say it. John and Jared, I, I, I wouldn't say they're guys that, like, you ever went into games and you said, like, like, like for me, just mm-hmm. at my level, like, hey, all right, we're going to help with this guy. Like, guy like Dwight, you, you, you help. helped with him. You better I mean, help. He, just, he was that you tremendous be, yeah. of a rush. He was that fast off yeah. the ball. Mm-hmm. Like, he was really that good. That's why I say he's okay. underrated. But John, to me, is underrated just because I think that enough guys don't give a little respect of how good of a rusher he was. Right. Like, I mean, maybe not throughout the game, court, but a rusher. They got double team me. Yeah. You got to double me. You got to double me. I'm on a basketball court. I'm nice, dog. I'm All right, nice. we can move on to the next We can one. move on. Thank oh, yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm with him on a lot of stuff. Jason Taylor. Jason Taylor. You know what? I, I I can't give an answer on the underrated because uh, 
I think he's obviously always been heralded as a great rusher. Right, and I, didn't, right. I didn't really play him. I, I didn't play him. So okay. I don't have a great right. opinion on that. All one. right. Terrell Suggs. Ooh. Suggy. Um, I'll say this. This is why I'll say underrated. Mm-hmm. Because I think he falls in line with James Harrison mm. in the sense of what they did play in and play out was mm, bigger than bigger. what people realized. It, it had more to do than just sacks. I think there's there's guys in, in different areas where you're like, hey, man, this guy was a sack artist, like rushing the passers, their thing. <laughs> Terrell Suggs and James Harrison literally would eliminate one side of the field. Like, you're not running the football over here. <laughs> you're not leaving this guy one-on-one with me over mm-hmm. here. Like, they would pretty much ruin game plans if you ever thought you're going to run towards Terrell Suggs and James Harrison. That's wow. that's who they were as players. Like wow. so, if, if what they bring to the table, some of the like in basketball, some of those things that just don't show up. Yeah, in the they stats. just don't, don't show, show up. In the stats. You know, and, and the yeah, truth is, you go things. look how many times teams just literally couldn't run it that direction because those wow. two guys were on the field. Balling. Okay, one more. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I think I know what you're going to say, but I still want to hear it. JJ Watt. Because again, it's, he's, <laughs> he's a dog, to... right? He's a dog, right? Ooh, but again, so... we both scratching our heads on this one. Man, Woo. That's how long the show lasts. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh... Hey, we, we, we about to wrap it's it up. It's turning. <laughs> we, 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 we about to button it up. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna take. Uh, this is a good one. Oh man. You know what? Ooh, man. I think it's still allowed in America. I'm gonna play the fifth on that one. Okay, <laughs> there it is. I, I like it. I like well, it because okay. he still might see him in the. Playoffs or no, later this season. He's hurt. He's out no, for the he, season. I not think. for the season though. He <laughs> yeah, he might could come back. That yes, they're saying. Playoffs. What is uh, what is it? Uh, Man, I think he blew everything. Like I think it's like pack rotator cuff, yeah, the whole, all this type stuff. I'd be but, pretty insane if he comes back right. and plays. But he, this is something that he had. This is something he had before. So is this a real? He's had a couple of these. Yeah. He had a couple, yeah. yeah. I mean, man, big as he is, like, what yeah. is what are you doing? Well, let, well, let me ask. Let me ask you this. He then, need right? to get on the TO program, man. That's that what it is. Yeah, bro, he need to get on that TO program, man. You know what I mean? I don't do stuff for the gram. You know what I mean? But I, you know, I do stuff behind the scenes. Keep it sexy, you know what I mean? And when you're ready, you got to stay ready so you don't have to wah, get ready. Wah, wah, wah. So I'm just letting you know. Always ready. <laughs> Always, Always ready. ready. So I'm telling you, Sean McVay, I'm telling you, I'm right here in your backyard. You're going to need a receiver by the end of the year. I'm your guy. Sean McVay, don't listen to that dude. He lying. <clears throat> you got something else to say to Sean? See, that's why I'm EP. We get to cut that out. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You get to cut that out. So, yeah. so let, okay, let me go back to, to some more football talk. So, of course, you play with Aaron Donald, right? <laughs> yeah. He's considerably one of the probably top 10 ever right now, right? Let's say, to me, I personally think he's a mix between like Reggie White and Johnny Randall, in my personal opinion, right? So, give us your top five D linemen of all time. And again, it could be a pass rusher, a three. We're talking when I'm playing it all time. All yeah, time. I mean, you've been yeah. playing a long time. It doesn't have to be one through five. <laughs> you've been playing a long time. Right? That sounds like the jokes I hear at work. Right. Uh, 15, Fifteen plus. I mean, I mean, fifteen that's, plus. That's, yeah. that's a stellar. You got career. a professional opinion, right? Nobody can. And hold. I don't even. Man, for I, me, I don't even know why people look at that as a bad thing. Because if you plan. Those number of years, and you can play in different eras. That means you're doing something doing right. Something 100%. great. You're doing something doing right, something my great, man. Yeah, for La- sure. yeah, I mean, being able to last in a league like this, where you know, if you if you praise these great rushers and these great guys, their ability to get to the quarterback, if for 16 years people keep signing you up to to keep to them from stop getting there, right, exactly. something's going on. Right. Doing so, something right. They may not know your name. We're gonna make sure they know your name by the end of this show. But at the end of the day, if they're watching and they know your name, they 
you're not doing Andrew something right. Because you know holding that means you're doing something. <laughs> if your name, if y'all know Whitworth by watching the game, then you're not doing something right. right. That's hundred percent. Right. You don't They're want that. They're not supposed flag. to know your name. Right. My exactly. don't know me. Yeah, yeah, you don't want that's that flag. the truth. Like exactly. I said, I, I I don't ever want them to say my name. Right, 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 right. Ever. So, so let's go to what your top five? Yeah, top five defensive linemen. And again, it could be a pass rusher, three tech, one tech. Don't yeah, matter. whatever. Uh, I mean, whatever five can't come. I mean, if we're talking all dome. time, <clears throat> you know, obviously you got guys. I think that fill that list up pretty fast. But I think, you know, I mean, there's there's Reggie White, there's Bruce Smith, mm, there's yeah. uh, you know Lawrence Taylor, right, right. You know John Randall, and I yeah. think you know, in my opinion, I think AD's on that list. Wow, wow. I so mean, a lot of people put. Him I think on there's that a list. lot of really good players that yeah. that. You're admitting by saying that, but I think AD, if you look at the body of work. I don't know who the other guys are, but to put him fight, like he's, that means he's leapfrogged I mean, some guys he, that I don't in, three He's time, in there. Three-time three defensive player MVP, to you? Yeah, MVP. I mean, that's amazing. That's, that's right. uh, pretty insane. And pretty what stellar. he does now, and you go watch teams, like literally there's two, three people blocking him every, every play. Every single play. And, I mean, he gets isolated, he wins. Right. Like, that's and, how the game goes. Like, yeah. To be that level of a lead Dominant, is just absolutely and, crazy. And I think his greatness is kind of minimized, especially when I hear you know commentators, especially you go on a stretch of games and he doesn't get a sack. But that's really a credit to his talent because yeah, they're putting three people. Right, on. they're putting two and three people. <laughs> like you want you want the guy to be Superman. Yep. So yeah, if his stats aren't as good as they were the year prior, there's probably a reason for that. And again, that can hurt from a, I guess. But people who know, know. Uh, right. But again, right. but to people listening to commentators like, oh, well, you know, he's having a down year. You know, by this time last year, he had X a number, you know, X yeah. amount of uh, sex or what have you. But again, to his credit, these are things that don't show up. You know, they don't, they don't help the audience realize that this guy, again, the reason yeah. he's not, you know, performing yeah. the way he probably should because he's, getting like, yeah, he's yeah. not being well, isolated. Yeah. Well, and a guy, like, a guy like Leonard Floyd's <clears throat> winning because he's one-on-one yes. right. because he's, you're having to put so much attention to Aaron that yes. he, Leonard Floyd's getting a ton of one-on-one, yes. so right, now yeah. he's winning. Or, right. now or whoever have, it is, the other D tackles, one-on-one, he gets a sack because right. you no one's paying attention to anybody else right. other than him. Right. And, and, and that's the reality. And he's still putting up numbers. Right. Well, the good commentators, well, they'll circle it. They'll be like, see, there's three people on. And then the back also chips them on yeah. the way out you know and then right? i think the other thing that's amazing is like even less about that as much as go look how many times he is one-on-one and doesn't win it's insane like he mm-hmm. all like okay this one play mm-hmm. you decided to not double him he won okay. like you know what i mean it's like tackle for loss right. okay sack okay got in the quarterback's face right. you're like okay Man. let me let me ask you this three reps one-on-one you and ad one-on-one uh, we playing out out on the edge. Out on the edge. What were you like? I I, I feel good about on the edge. You got yeah. two to two different to world one out there. Different kind of rushing. Yeah, true. Yeah. Okay. I, oh, I'm going I'm going two for three for sure. Ooh, Probably three for three. Yeah. Okay, oh, you heard it. He, I mean, he's going to disagree. But of that's course. Right. I mean, yes. Well, he should. He can right? disagree all he wants. <laughs> all he wants. It, it ain't don't ever matter. Happen. It don't, it don't even matter. <laughs> ain't nothing wrong with some disagreements. You know, no, I know y'all competition. Because it ain't even going to happen. Because if. if that was going to happen, I wouldn't practice that day. I'd say yeah. something's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> my ankle. My, my ankle. ankle. Right. So <laughs> that's my day off. Sorry. <laughs> so we, we, we're going to let you enjoy. We're going to get you to enjoy your day off. So I like that segue. But before we get out of here, I want to ask you this. You've been to the Super Bowl once. That you, you remember that feeling, you know, just to get there. You knew the, you know, the feeling of loss. What is it going to take for the Los Angeles Rams to LA get Rams. back. Yeah, the LA Rams to get back to the Super Bowl, not just get there, but to win it. 
Um, I think continuing on a on a really a path where you understand that uh, where you're at in the current moment is is not where you're trying to stay. And mm. so, are we trying to get better? Are we trying to improve? Are we looking at things and we're saying, hey, what are some of the things that have been exposed throughout the season when you say, hey, you have some of these losses where you're like, all right, yeah, the ball could have gone this way and that way for you, but what did this team find to expose a chink in your armor? Mm -hmm. How do you fix it? You know, and it, would and that you really be look the throughout Tennessee the season. game? Would you, would you yeah, play? I mean, I think there's multiple games that you can look at, even games you won, where you're like, all right, this team yeah. came with this new, this was mm -hmm. their, their strategy wrinkle, for right? how to stop you. And I really think you look at an NFL season, you'll see teams go on these stretches of success, and then all of a sudden it gets ended. Mm -hmm. and, and the reality is it's because somebody's found a way, identifies a way, this is how you stop this team. And the real teams that end up competitive at the end are the ones that they keep responding to that, mm -hmm. that strategy. Like, all right, that's your strategy. Now we'll attack it like this. Mm -hmm. And now we'll be better because of that. And it's, it's those teams that get stopped at it that don't have any more success and can't build it further. And so yeah. can we keep just evaluating ourselves and making sure that we're always ready for that next roadblock mm -hmm. and how to get through it? And I think that's, that's the most important thing. And, and that's something to me throughout my career that that's what matters the most as a team is to continue to see that, a team that's willing to just keep rising to the next challenge. So if you get to the Super Bowl this year, is there a different outcome? Uh, I think we get to the Super Bowl this year is 100% a different outcome. You heard it right here. He just guaranteed. <laughs> he just guaranteed. 100%. <laughs> All right, man. We appreciate you. Yeah, we thanks for coming you, out. Man. We appreciate it. Uh, yeah, I appreciate y'all having me, man. It's a blast. Oh, no doubt. Man. Anytime. Anytime. Get your brother. popcorn Andrew ready. Whitmer. Get yes, ready. Yes, yeet, sir. Yeet. The Let's LA go. Rams. Holla. Get your popcorn ready. Peace. Man, that was a good show, man. Hey, man. Once again, once again, we bringing that heat. Bringing hey. that Los Angeles Rams heat to you. L.A. Rams. Isn't the L.A. Rams or the Los Angeles Rams? I think it's the Los Angeles Chargers and the L.A. Rams. I think specifically to be what correct. What does L.A. stand for? Los Angeles, but they like to go by the L.A. Rams. But, but anyway. What does L.A. stand for? Laugh aloud. <laughs> oh, that boy. Hey, that word fire. That word yeah, fire side, to, side of your brain was on, on fire. <laughs> like, uh, but yeah, man, I mean. Hey, we'd like to thank Andrew Whitworth for coming out, mm -hmm. man. Again, hope hope you guys go ahead and try to. I don't know if I'm going to pick the Rams for the Super Bowl right now because there's so many good teams in the NFC, hey, man, but I guaranteed. want to see him get a ring for sure. I want to see him right off into the sunset the right way. Uh, as he mentioned toward the end of that segment, that you know they're learning bits and pieces of what they can do and what they can't do from their wins and their losses. Absolutely. So, yep, there it is. Appreciate you, Andrew Whitworth. Get your popcorn ready podcast.